0: We're here already. It does roll around quickly. Pet chat. Cheryl Shaw, welcome back. Thank
1: you, Sarah. Lovely to be here. I can see by the beautiful brooch of the kittens or the cats today, we're doing something on cats. We are, because you know what? Some people don't have the right litter tray for their dog. And there's just been a recent survey done in France, and we're going to talk about what's best.
0: Ah, very good, because yeah, cats can toilet toilet. In, mm-hmm. Inside if they're unhappy with their litter Absolutely. trays
1: they can be fussy
0: mm, they, they can Now Cheryl, they can be a little fussy as we all can be But they like what they like And we're talking about cats and
1: their litter trays Absolutely Sarah, they are fussy little things Let me tell you that Now it's not simply about going out and buying a litter tray And the litter to go in it You need to make sure that your cat enjoys the litter that that's inside the tray as well Um, It can be extremely frustrating for cat owners when their cat decides to go elsewhere. You know, and this is one of the biggest reasons why cats end up being rehomed because of that inappropriate behaviour. You know, they they might choose to urinate on carpet or in a bedroom and cat urine really does smell. Mm. So often you don't see the cat, you know, it'll be spraying somewhere. Even changes in the house when you get new furniture or carpet or if there's anything changing, often cats will not go to their litter tray. They will inappropriately soil somewhere Else. And it's
0: so hard to get that smell out once oh, it's happened.
1: Absolutely. Well recently there was a study done in France and it was carried out on de-sex cats, cats from single cat families, so no dual cats, and on cats that were kept indoors and no outdoor access to find out if they had a preference to what style of litter trays they used. Now in this tray um in this in this tray the studies were um carried out so that they could see what was there so they actually put two trays one was covered and one was uncovered they were the same base sizes so they were able to assess what the cats were doing in each tray and which tray that they preferred to use well the results were rather interesting regardless to what litter base was in it they still all went to the covered they preferred that covered box, so not the open tray that a lot of us use.
0: Right. So this has just got a little canopy over yeah, the top, doesn't it? Yeah, there's lots of
1: different ones, Sarah. You can get some that are um, that are like a box where the cat actually jumps in from up the top. Like, okay. Like if they're playing in a cardboard box, they'll often jump in yeah, and you know, yep. they'll put their little paw out and give you a tap as you come past. So there are those ones which are great as far as they don't leave litter um, spread around so there's no scattering of the yeah, litter.
0: Yeah, because that's one thing that's always annoyed me about about litter trays is when it's all over the place.
1: Yeah, well when they jump out of the box, the litter actually falls back down. So it's a great way okay. to uh, to have that. But not all cats are agile. You know, if you've got an older cat or, or a cat that may have um, you know, a little bit of a, a problem with its mobility, they often can't jump into that. So you've got to consider those older cats as well, walking into a lower area. Mm. So anything that's got a cover over it is considered the best option for your cat. So if you're having difficulty, even you know, making something to go over the top of your cat's litter tray or investing in a new tray would be a good idea with a cover Um, some cats are quite happy to use the the open tray but the study has shown that um, carried out over 28 days which one they always preferred to go to so they like their privacy they do and speaking of that my cat remember Earlier in the year, I was saying I got my son's um, cats a a flushable toilet. Yes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes. Well, it was rather interesting with that. I actually had to make a screen, a privacy screen for them, because they weren't wanting to go in it. Oh, yeah, so we got, we got some little um, louver kitchen doors and put some, you know, piano hinges on them and we've made this like little privacy screen <laughs> oh so gosh. that the cats will use it because where it is, it's quite open because we needed to it and, you know, so it's all clean. Oh, this
0: is hilarious.
1: But look, make a privacy screen if your cat's got somewhere. The other thing is placement of your tray as well. Don't have it in an area that there's a lot of through traffic. Mm. You need it to be, you know, in a quieter place. You don't want the cat to be, um, you know, being disturbed and 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 a quite low traffic area as well. And ideal. you don't want your visitors coming in going, oh, that's a nice little tray. <laughs> <laughs> is that a new feature to the home? Yeah, a bit of, um, yes. But Fing the other way. thing is Maine Coon cats. Now, they're big cats. You've got to make sure that you've got a, a tray that's big enough for that cat to get in. Or if you've got a really fat tabby, make sure that that tray is ample size for the cat to get in. Um, there's a lot of different trays out there, you know, covered in all sorts of shapes, igloos, you name it. But... Just remember that they do seem to prefer that covered tray. And always that rule of thumb when it comes to cat litter trays, the rule is it's one plus one. Mm, if, at least, so, so two for one cat. That's right. If and you've got
0: two cats, you need three. Yes. Oh
1: yes. my goodness. Yes, I know it goes on, doesn't it? It does. Because sharing those trays can become really, really stressful for cats. So we want to make sure that we reduce the stress, that they don't go and urinate in places that we don't want them to. So
0: if you are having trouble with your cat at home toileting inappropriately, go out and start looking at your your litter trays and and possibly one with a canopy roof over it so they've got that privacy. Yeah, Cheryl, thank you for the advice as always That's my pleasure, Sarah I do love it Cats, they fascinate me Welcome to the studio, Dr Paul McCarthy Lovely to have you in
2: Thank you, Sarah, lovely to be here
0: We've got a question for you We've got uh, Helen on the line Helen, you're in Maitland And uh, you've got a question about your cat's litter tray?
3: About him toileting on me Oh
2: On you So how, how old is your cat, Helen?
3: is thirteen
2: years old. Yeah, okay. So sometimes this can be not so much that the cat is able to control this, but it may be more that your cat may be developing what's called urinary incontinence. Which is where when they're relaxed and they're asleep they may leak urine. Is that when this is occurring? Oh no,
3: this is he's
2: wide awake. Okay, he, so he's he actually,
3: does it in my face or in my hair.
2: Oh. okay so what what's happening is your cat has an anxiety situation and um is trying to let you know that the house is stressing him um have there been is it, has this been a new thing that has started recently or has he always done it? He's
3: been doing it for the last couple of years at first it was once a year now. I sleep with a
2: shower hat on. Yeah. So certainly there's something in your environment, Helen, that has really scared your cat. And so there's this un... unstable feelings. so the cat's trying to sort of let you know that that i'm worried there's something really happening in here that's making me worry um so certainly have a chat to your local veterinarian in that there is medication we can use for cats that have anxiety urination um and they can be very successful in controlling those sorts of signs um the other thing also i guess is to always check that there's no um, underlying urinary tract infection. Sometimes cats who have underlying bladder infections can also do abnormal spraying um, because they're uncomfortable. But in this situation, where it seems to be directed at a particular time and event, um, I would think this is behavioural, and your cat's scared of something. Something has changed. I do have three,
3: but only one does
2: it. Yeah, have you have you always had three?
3: No. When did the last two
2: arrive?
3: Um, I've had two, always had the two, but I got the last one in December last
2: year. Ah, I think that's your spanner in the works, Helen. It sounds like your cat didn't mind co-sharing the habitat with the other cat, but the third cat either means there's too much cat for one household for him to handle or there's a particular issue with this cat being there and he doesn't feel like he has any territorial space of his own. So you probably would have heard Cheryl earlier. She was talking about numbers of litter trays. How how many litter trays do you have for your three cats?
3: Four.
2: And are they all in separate areas?
3: There's
2: three in a row. Yeah, so they need to be placed in separate areas so you can try and make sure that one cat isn't being viewed by another cat who may be there at the same time or is necessarily smelling the cat that has been in those other three in a row. So I'd, I'd advise putting a cat tray in a separate room. Don't have, don't have the, the, all the three lined up together. Um, it, it, for some cats, it's absolutely fine. But I would think in the situation you've got, that's not helping. So certainly Bye. put your trays in separate rooms. And are they covered or are they open? Yeah, so I I was just saying to Sarah, for my cat, I've got two trays. Both are covered. One's a box you climb into and one's got a cover over the tray. Um, I think covered trays are fantastic for cats, particularly in multi-cat households. Um, It's really important that you look at that as an option as well.
0: Okay. All right, Helen. Look, thank you so much for the call there. Um, Some good advice and hopefully Helen can... um, you know, get that under control. It must be awful waking in the night to that.
2: Oh, I can imagine it'd be terrible. And I think certainly in this circumstance, you're looking for what's changed. Often if a, if a urination or elimination problem has commenced, there's generally a trigger.
0: And is that something that then um gets progressively worse? Because Helen said it was only sort of once a yep. year and it sounds like it had progressed.
2: Yeah, that's right. The mm. fact that it was happening once a year before means that the cat was even not all that happy about the second cat being there as well. Yeah, But okay. since it's escalated since the third cat arrived that's a definite trigger
0: okay 49216216 is our number if you've got a question for paul now paul we did um have a listener on the line i think i think they've had to go but we can ask their question um it was nico uh he wanted to know whether you could put better dean on a dog's face he's got his dog has a sore, and he wanted to know whether he could use that
2: yeah sure, so we do use iodine as an antibacterial agent on our um companion animals. Um, you can use the betadine or the iodine washers. don't use the betadine or iodine tubes. So those Ah. sort of betadine tubes you get where you it's like a a gel, yes, Um, they're not particularly effective. But if you do get the betadine wash, which is an iodine wash, that you you mix with with water, water. that works very, very well. The problem with some of the gel-based products is that because they tend to sort of act as a bit of a moisture trap, they can actually increase the amount of dermatitis beneath the area because they don't allow the skin to breathe very well.
0: And let's go to Natalie in Broadmeadow now. Now, Natalie, your dog is eating his own faeces. This is obviously an issue. Yeah,
3: I've just noticed um, I've caught him in the last
0: couple of days. He
3: gets up in the morning and goes outside, um, does his business, and then before I know it, he eats
0: it all up. Has a bit of a snack. Yeah, Yeah, so
2: Natalie, this isn't actually a very common scenario, so generally dogs who are nervous in their environment and don't want anyone to know that they're there, so um, they're, what they're actually trying to do is de-scent the yard oh. so that no one else knows they're there. So um, generally for dogs who are doing that, either there are dogs around them, either in neighboring yards or in their own yard. Um, and what they're actively doing is trying to diminish their presence so they don't look like they're owning anything in case they're offending any of the other sort of dogs in their social group. Is um, is he the only dog at home?
3: He's the only dog at home, yeah, but um, we've re-honed him. We've had him for two years, and he's kind of an anxious dog. and yeah. can hear dogs um, over the fence. And he's always running there, listening. He's
2: kind of an anxious dog. Yeah, so, and certainly I, I was going to have a guess that he was probably an anxious dog, in that generally it's the fearful dogs who are trying to just make no one know they're there. Um, right. And that's what he's trying to do. So things, I, ideally there's nothing in the faeces that are going to make him unwell. Um, right, and right. so there's nothing in this situation where you'd be concerned about is being a health concern. Um, yeah. There's always the sort of, do you really want your dog to lick you after they've done that, <laughs> which, which is Isn't that always a, a, a thing. But, um what I generally advise owners in this circumstance is either talk to your local vet about dealing with the underlying anxiety condition, and there are lots of medications and training techniques that can help you with an yeah. anxious dog. Um, yeah. And the second one, of course, is just to poop a scoop as quickly as you can. Um, often, once you've, you've seen them defecate, distract them, so praise them with some, with a reward. Whether In a beagle, I'd make it a food or a sound reward. Yeah. They're, they're very yeah. food-motivated. Um, yeah. And often, if you praise them for, for sort of moving away from the feces immediately, that'll help them
3: right okay all right paul actually we'll see you in september because um you're you're at vet too at adam's
0: Down. oh thank you very <laughs> much I look forward oh, to there seeing you it. Go. <laughs> obviously a happy customer so paul <laughs> if you're collecting um before they get a chance to do that mm. can that discourage the behavior over time will yeah. that just deter them eventually
2: ideally if you don't perform a behavior regularly. The brain will extinguish that behaviour. And that's what sort it of goes for most things. So, if you don't trigger that response by letting the dog get to it, often they'll just diminish it. It'll, it'll resolve on its own. I
0: had no idea the reasoning behind that until today. That yeah, it was it's so really they get rid of thing. all of their evidence of them being there, I that's guess. That's it.
2: And wow. it can work the other way, too. So, the, the more dominant dog in the group might say, Well, I don't like that being there. I want only my smell to be there. And they'll often urinate over another dog's urine or oh. defecate over another dog's faeces.
0: Gee, okay, we're going to go to Colleen now in Raymond Terrace. Oh, Colleen, your your cat attacks you. Yes. Um. And just as I was sitting here, I was just thinking,
3: he's well. We had. I had another little girl who was with him, not the whole time. He was spoiled. He was there for about a year, spot rotten, and then I got a female. Um, he was okay with her for a few years. At, Oh, I don't know how long, but then he started attacking her and as she got weaker, because she had, had this, um, you know, chronic problem, and as she got weaker, he'd attack her more. She had to be euthanized, and I was just thinking, I don't know if it might be just since I had her euthanized that he's attacking me. It can be in the middle of the night, he's actually bitten my cheek. <gasps> oh, gee. Yeah. yeah, and when one scratch or bite heals... Yeah, he's probably due to attack me again. Yeah. Oh, no. I've actually started locking him out of the bedroom a lot of nights.
2: Yeah, and um, that's certainly a good idea, Colleen. Can I ask how old this cat is? Yeah, he's 16. Yeah, okay. So often all behavioural disorders escalate with age and time. And oh, so if okay. he's had an underlying anxiety condition, then certainly the older he gets, the more likely that will grow. And and be careful because what generally happens is the ferocity of the attack will also increase. Oh, um,
3: yeah. Sometimes he's hanging off. If, if I'm just sitting on the lounge when he does it, he's actually hanging off my arm or something and I have to... Yeah.
2: Wow. body on attack.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I would.
2: I would very much talk to your local vet about this one, Colleen, because it, it can end poorly. So um, just. Oh, how do you mean? How do you mean? It, the, the, the aggression can become so severe that you entering the room will be enough to trigger the attack, and so the attacks oh. just the attacks just won't stop.
3: I did mention it to her oh, about a month or oh no, a couple of months ago, and she actually wanted to euthanize him at the time.
2: I think the reason being is because it can go badly, Colleen. So we oh. we, we in veterinary science do sadly oh. see these sorts of trigger events can become very problematic. And the difficulty for, for an older cat at sixteen, it, it's it's very difficult to often reverse those behaviours. That the best bet is to try and re- remove the triggers. Now, in some, I don't know what
3: the triggers are.
2: Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Sometimes for cats, it can be difficult. What I'll get you to do is um, a cat will have a, a bit of a giveaway tell sign before it goes to do anything, and it'll mm-hmm. raise its tail and flick to the direction it's going to jump or move. So what yeah, you're looking yeah. for is where the cat's ta- what the cat's tail is doing, generally when you're around. If the cat's yeah. tail is being carried upright and is looking perky and normal, or that that's perfect. If you see the tip of the tail start to flicker, or if you he's see a, the tail start to move. Flicky cat. He's yeah, always, it means he's like, always been anxious all
3: the time. Yeah, he?
2: It, it means he's, he's, he's never been very comfortable. So, um, oh, and, and so that's that little bad. bit of being on high vigilance, um, he's oh. redirecting that 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 fear aggression towards you, um, and it, oh. yeah, so so it, it, it can. Yeah, certainly talk to you about this one because there are medications that you can use to try and help with that. Um, but, okay. But be very careful for yourself because this, yes. these, these situations can become very aggressive. And it
0: sounds like you're a lovely cat owner too, Colleen, so you're very oh. patient. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope well, there's right. no more damage <laughs> that comes no, to you.
2: Cross, Colleen.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And let's go to Barry now. Uh, Barry, you're in Hawk's Nest, and you've got a 15-year-old cat uh, but it's meowing a lot.
4: Oh, but when I say meowing, like, like it's it's strange. Like it'll meow, uh, obviously before feeding, and that's acceptable. That's fine. Uh, twice a day, uh, full pack, so she's getting ample food. But the thing is that it, it will look. It will meow for hours on end, uh, and at all times during the day or night. I didn't like. We've just accepted it because she's fifteen, and I thought it dementia, but. Uh, Paul's been giving such good advice there. I thought, no, look, <laughs> yes. it could be something else because honestly, it, it would drive you crazy. My yeah. kids, that they come out and visit us, I say, Dad, you, you've got to put the cat down. This is crazy stuff. Two o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, ten o'clock at night, all door, just now, 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 like that. And I said, I can't. You know, once the animal comes in the front door, that's it. You know,
0: you but, look after um, them till the end. Yeah, we
4: do. We're, we're animal people, and. Um, but I, I just this one's got me tossed. I, yeah, really, sure.
2: So Barry, it I be things uh, would... dementia, but uh, I don't
4: know. You know.
2: Yeah, look, and, and, and certainly all mammalian brains age, so you can get yes. dementia in, in any species. Um, yes, we call no, it in no, veterinary no, sorry, science Paul. cognitive yes. dysfunction, which is where the, uh, the grey matter is just not firing like it used to when you're starting to get mixed messages. They're not sure yes. about which is daytime, which is nighttime. But in a 15-year-old vocal cat, what I would strongly suggest is having a chat to your local veterinarian and ask for a yes, thyroid test. There's a disease called hyperthyroidism and hyperthyroidism is one of its its really cardinal signs is abnormal vocalisation and there's medication and surgery to correct that and you could stop the meowing
4: a straight and Well, it, as I said, no, no guarantees. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, uh, uh, and over the, the radio diagnosis is often difficult, but certainly yeah, hypothyroidism no, 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 would be a really yep. good rule out in a cat of 15 who's vocalising, particularly if there's been some weight loss or increased hunger. Um, these are really no, often no, signs no, we terrible. see in cats, yeah. but, but vocalising is often one of the really common first signs.
0: All right, there you go, Barry. Worth investigating because if you can fix it, it's obviously going to help. Barry's life out a lot. Yeah, yeah. We put a lot of things down
2: just to old age. And often old age is not actually the disease. There's something underlying.
0: Erin from Cardiff, you've got a cat that's also vicious.
3: Yes. And he sprays. But I think it's because he was almost hit with lightning. Uh, It was a big storm. I went out onto the deck and I saw him and I was about to call him in and this big thing of lightning just struck right in front of me. I got thrown inside and he, with these now terrified of storms, that he will come in, look at me, and then he will look back up to something, and I'm going, no, no, and he will
5: just do it. Oh.
2: Yeah. He's so a shocker. He's, certainly, he's certainly showing you that he's anxious in his environment. Um, and, and, look, and you can get trigger events, so storms and, and, and a fearful attack or a dog attack, um, hit by car. There can be triggers for behavioral disorders. But, yeah. um, Erin, there is, there is help for these guys. So particularly cats who have elimination spraying from, from um, anxiety, um, mm. there's lots of good medications we can use for those to try and help those cats relax, um, even from sort of pheromonal sprays in the house right through to antidepressants for anxiety. There, there's a lot oh. of help for these guys. And if you act quickly with these guys, if you, if you work on the, the, the disorder before it becomes too entrenched, you get a much better response. So He's I, been doing
5: it
1: for about
2: four years. Yeah, which, which is a long time, but I, I certainly think that there would be help out there for this cat and, and talk to your local vet about that. There is a lot of information now for behavioural disorders in cats and feline elimination is one of the very common ones we see. Um, it then progresses through to aggression and it can progress through to other, other sort of OCD-like behaviours, but medication can certainly be of help here.
0: Uh, Jenny from Ellamore Vale, now your cat's gone through some changes in terms of their personality. Oh, yes, she has. Uh, She's 17 years old. She never actually
3: used to eat that much. She was always like a grazer. Now she's an absolute pig. Like, she'll just want more and more and more food. She's been
5: sick everywhere. She's pooing everywhere.
3: She's... ah, It's just ridiculous. And she's stealing food, and I don't know what's wrong.
2: (laughs) Yeah, look, certainly, Jenny, this... Uh, similar to Barry at Hawksnest this is uh, another one where I'd have a chat to you a bit about hypothyroidism. So y- your thyroid is a gland that m- controls your metabolism and somewhat to a degree your mood. Um, now, when you have an overreactive thyroid, um, it turns you into a sort of a um, that whole cat on a hot tin roof scenario. You're, you're, you're edgy, you're anxious, um, but you're ravenously hungry and, and you can't get enough food in. Because your metabolism is being driven at such a fast rate, you could eat and eat and eat and still not get fat. Um, and so this is another situation which can be easily diagnosed by a blood test um, oh, okay. and, and there are medications or surgery to correct that. In an older cat, you'd also just check that there's no signs of diabetes or kidney disease, which can also well, cause those changes you're seeing in elimination. But certainly in this circumstance, another good candidate to have a chat to you about hypothyroidism. Okay, okay, that sounds awesome. It's just
3: that you know I, I don't want to actually put her down because no, of I don't think she, you know I don't think she's actually physically
2: really really sick. Yeah, no, this could be a completely treatable condition.
0: It does sound like she's um, unwell rather than just, you know, personality change, Correct. that this there's something underlying. underlying. Illness. That's mm. right. And- so is hyperthyroidism more common in older cats?
2: Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And look, interestingly, we see it. Predominantly only in cats. We don't see it in dogs. Yeah. Dogs tend to get the opposite. They and get it's an easily under-active thyroid. Correct. Yeah, yeah. There is oral medication. There, You can even get the paste put on your ear now. Um, or you can surgically remove the affected thyroid.
0: And to be fair, I know what it's like when you're hungry. It's a oh, very yeah, anxious dry, dry, time yeah, very, and very, yeah, you know, absolutely. edgy. Mm. <laughs> Give me your snickers. 49216216 is our number. Lynn in Fennel Bay, uh, your, your cat's got some eye issues.
3: That's right. That's right. She, um, We've had her about six years, and she was, a, well, a stray, but um, they tell me that she's a rag doll. I can't imagine why people left her behind other than the fact that she's got lots and lots of fur issues, <laughs> which I just put up with. Um, but she's had this discharge in her uh, left eye for probably two years. I've had her back to the vet a couple of times. They treated her for chlamydia because Mm -hmm. they thought that maybe because she was Australian, you know. Yep. um, She got quite a severe reaction from the medication and it was stopped. Anyway, I was there only a couple of weeks ago and the vet said, and I mentioned it again, I said, she's still got that rash. You can see the staining on her fur. And he said, she's got, and he showed me. you've got a couple of little lesions there. He said, but... He said she's a white cat. It's got another one on her nose. Wouldn't it t- just clean it? So I thought about it for a while, and I thought, okay, so she's got a couple of lesions. What does that mean? Sure. Does that mean, does that mean it's their tumours? Um, yeah. You know, I'm thinking white and- cats.
2: Yeah, certainly in a white cat, you'd be thinking about whether these are what we call squamous cell carcinomas, which are cancers mm-hmm. that are UV light stimulated, and, I'd yes. s- and, and and certainly you can get those tested. So um, particularly if they're on, uh, well, we, I think you mentioned the nose as well. Um, one if they, little one, yeah. Yeah, you're looking for the pale pigmented areas, of are the areas that are most commonly affected, and they appear as a crater. You, you, you see a little sort of hole in the in the tissue initially, um, yes. which then forms a scab. And and you can have cryosurgery to help those. So there's medications for those types of things. But certainly if they're left too long, they can become very large and aggressive um, and and you won't be able to help those with surgery. The other thing to think about too in a cat that was a stray is underlying cat flu. So Khaleesi virus or herpes virus will often cause what we call chronic snuffling or chronic tear stain. Uh, And that won't be manageable by medication. That's about immune systems. And the last thing also could be that if there's only one eye, but that eye may have had a tear duct, um, a blockage or a tear duct scarring, so that um, you could ask about having the tear duct flushed and see if you could actually get that to run again, which will mean the tears, rather than tipping over the edge of the eye, will run down the nose.
0: So there's a few options there. There to, is, to yeah. Explore. I
2: think have a have a second look at this cat. Yeah.
0: Okay, let's go to Margaret now in East Maitland. Margaret, your dog is uh, quite nervous.
5: Yes. Uh Really nervous. He's got anxiety from the day he's born, um, and he's just it, it just wrecks everything when there's a storm or he's left alone or.
2: Okay, so separation anxiety and storm phobia sound like two big things happening here, Margaret. Yep, he's
5: yeah. been like that for since he's ten years old now.
2: Yeah, and, and certainly in these circumstances. Um, uh, it's, going to, it's going to get worse over time.
3: Yeah.
5: Um,
2: what happens with most of these types of storm phobias is that they each time a storm comes, the reaction is worse than the time before. Yep. Um, what we generally advise for these guys is, is there's a couple of options for you. Certainly the most simple is look for where your dog wants to go when the storm hits. Yeah, uh, that's
5: and, normally inside.
2: Perfect, yep. And, and so if what,
5: we're not home yep. to let him in, he will he has chewed through a security door. Yeah, and so started. these are the circumstances
2: wow. where often a, a doggy door for those sorts. I often recommend a doggy door for all storm-phobic dogs. In, yeah. in, in having an access to where they want to be, where they feel safer, will often minimise a lot of that distress. But certainly with a situation where you've also got separation anxiety, on top of this one, talk to your local vet about having some medication to try and help with anxiety disorder. So. There, there's yeah,
5: different we any, have done we, we can have, use.
2: Yeah, we have done that. Oh, which, um, which medication are you on?
5: Um, Well, to be truthful, it's my daughter's dog.
2: Oh, okay. So yeah.
5: I really don't know. We've yeah. bought him um, the coat and everything. Yeah, the thunder jacket. But um, this weekend we were away and he just wrecked the lot, wrecked the
1: house, wrecked
2: Yeah, generally for dogs who have storm phobias and separation anxiety, leaving them at home alone isn't really an option. You need to have those escape routes inside your house or ideally uh, looking at a boarding scenario or a house sitter.
0: Okay, let's take one more question now. Elizabeth in Metford, Uh, your cat comes in at night and licks you on the face. Yes, he licks,
3: actually not only me, my husband, and he likes to lick my little boy on the head, and in his hair. And if we move, then he will pull us closer with his claws. He also does this while we're watching TV, but he purrs while he
2: does so it. So I think it's a affection. Yeah, I think so too, Elizabeth. This doesn't sound to me like this is an aggressive disorder. This is a cat who's trying to bond with his social group.
0: Okay, and and they often do that at night, Paul, or I guess the yeah, family units at home. It, it's generally at night. about
2: yeah, that's right. Everyone's still and quiet, and they're just touching base. Some sometimes it's for cats who are feeling that they need more company. Um, so cats who are alone a lot can sometimes do those sorts of behaviours. where okay. they'll, they'll actively when someone is around, they'll they'll groom to re, reassure themselves that the bond is good, that they're, they're nice and safe. Um, in these circumstances, I generally say. Allow it to happen. um, Yeah. It's not an aggressive behavior. It helps the cat feel safe. If it's distressing to the client, we just ask you to close your doors. Yeah. But this, different to the other cats, where this I don't think is, is brought on by a high level of anxiety, this is more about social bonding and grooming.
0: Okay. Very lovely. Look. That's it for today. We're out of time, Paul. Thank you for, Pleasure. Pleasure you know, you're busy again today, it weren't was busy you? today. Very busy. Lots of cat questions, which we always appreciate as well. Of course, we will be back same time next week.
5: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.